You are on the line, live on ESPN, 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line with Noah Gardner and Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Number to call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. We are taking your calls throughout the show today. Jacob, how you doing today, my man? Happy Monday to you, dog. Happy Monday, man. I'm in here. We are doing good. Auburn basketball. You indeed are in here. I am. I'm in here. Surprisingly enough, I am in here. (laughs) It is flooding right now here in Auburn, Alabama. It's not that bad. The bottom just fell out, man. I just watched it. The bottom fell out, and it's only supposed to get worse. So if you're out driving this afternoon, make sure you be careful because thunderstorms, they're calling for nasty thunderstorms, extremely high winds, uh, possible tornado watches and stuff. Kind of getting crazy around here today. but So just be careful if you're out driving around today. But... I was going to say it feels pretty good because Auburn basketball is your 2021-2022 SEC regular season champs. It feels good, my friend. They're not sharing. They ain't sharing nothing. They are outright SEC champions. Of course, Auburn's win over South Carolina this weekend. I will say this. I don't think it was Auburn's best home performance, but it's good to see them win by double digits on their home floor lock it up never really felt like it was in doubt no and they let they let them south carolina come back a little bit and keep it within seven points at times but there was never a time and i was at the game on saturday and there was never a time where i was like man almond's gonna try and lose this thing but you know what they did do they did try to blow another lead but they didn't fully blow it so i guess credit to them for that but at the end of the day man they they handled business for 40 straight minutes and and they let the confetti fly, they cut down the nets, and they celebrated like true champions. And you love to see it. It was Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler's last game inside of what is now Neville Arena. Their last or game at home. expected last well, game. Expected. I don't expect them to come back. And <laughs> uh, they would not be smart to, to come back, in my opinion, to turn down all that money. But, hey, we can dream, right? But, no, it was good to see Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith get their final game at, at Auburn and – I mean, Auburn cut down the nets. They did what Bruce Pearl said they were going to do. They did exactly what he told Jabari Smith they were going to do, that they were going to get the dudes and come in and win a championship, and that's what they've done. And now they've got two more to win. They've got an SEC tournament to win and then the NCAA tournament. Pretty decent list of positives I think you can break down from Saturday. Some things that I wish we had seen Auburn do better. They win 82-71 to over South Carolina. We'll go through the positives first. I think that list is much longer Then the negatives, just a couple of things that I think Auburn, or really just one thing that I think Auburn needs to really tune up as they're getting ready for the SEC tournament. And I'll get to that in a little bit later on in this segment. If you've got takeaways, if you've got thoughts on what Auburn did against South Carolina on Saturday, the SEC tournament, anything going on, 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-327-502. We are taking your calls here in this segment. Auburn, I liked the way they moved the basketball, 17 assists on 26 made buckets. That's a good ratio for Auburn, as well as in terms of turnovers. 14's not great, but it's not terrible. I thought they did 
a pretty good job of protecting the basketball, and they moved the ball pretty well. The offense looked good. It didn't look great. You know, they were they, missing shots. They, and that was the thing, man. And especially in the first half, Auburn had so many good looks from all over the floor, whether it was from the three-point line, inside the arc, from the paint, layups, all of these different things. Auburn had so many good looks. They just couldn't knock them down. And there was a lot of them that spun around the rim and fell out or just got unlucky. And I wasn't disappointed at all because when it comes down to it, Auburn's going to knock them down. But they had extremely good looks, and that is what I was impressed with with Auburn because we have not seen that in a long time, Auburn getting good, efficient looks on the offensive end. I hope this is something that we won't see a lot moving forward considering tournament times rolling around. It's something that Auburn's been so good at this year is scoring in the paint and their two-point percentage. Well, I've told you this. When your three-point percentage is higher than your overall field goal percentage, that means you didn't get it done on the inside. Auburn just 40% inside the arc, which isn't good. Auburn's overall field goal percentage was at 41%. That's something that I hope is not going to become a trend. I don't think it will. Auburn's got too much size. Auburn's got too much talent. But I think it goes back to what we've talked about for the last couple weeks. This backcourt isn't finishing at the rim like they need to be when they do get inside. I think that would help this offense elevate to the next level if they could start finishing through contact but they are an undersized backcourt and that's not typically a strength of an undersized backcourt this is not a team of jared harper's if you have not caught on to that yet no but the backcourt like on saturday they showed that they can create their own shot get to the rim they played fine they now they just got to finish i think they played good i mean if you break down that has been the x factor for this Auburn basketball team all conference season long and now that they're going into the sec tournament it's the three starting or it's the two starting and the other non-starting guard in wendell green zeb jasper and kd johnson and if you look at their performance kd had 18 points on six of 15 shooting he had one assist to three turnovers so it didn't like that stat from him but he still had 18 points and he did his work scoring the basketball zeb jasper shot a little bit shot the ball a little bit had seven points had three assists and one turnover he did exactly what he was supposed to do and then the most impressive stat line Wendell Green Jr. 10 points on three of seven shooting he had seven assists Noah and zero turnovers that is what you look for when you have a point guard who handles the basketball as much as he does you would like to see those three guys shoot the ball a little better they shot about 35 40 percent which is where I was coming with on Auburn's team field goal percentage I don't think they were the most efficient in terms of them actually making their shots but I will agree with you the assist to turnover ratio is where you want it to be at for the backcourt and once they start finishing layups and finishing with contact and hitting some more shots which I think they have the ability to do this team's going to be just fine and Saturday makes me feel a lot better than I did last week it's not everything a win against South Carolina on your home floor is not the be-all tell-all But I feel a lot better right now for this team going into the SEC tournament. But we've been talking about this week right here is where we're going to decide and figure out what this Auburn basketball team is. But if the guards can just start shooting the ball a little better, they had open shots. And it's the same thing with Jabari and Walker and everybody else. They had good looks. They just didn't knock them down. Something else to point out in this game. I loved Auburn in terms of their ability to get to the charity stripe. In terms of the foul discrepancy here, Auburn was plus nine. South Carolina had 25 fouls. Auburn was just 16. I think they played well without fouling on defense. 
I think they made their free throws, obviously, shot 77% from the charity stripe, made 20 total free throws. That obviously helps you out. When you win by 11, you are plus 7 at the free throw line. That plays a big part when we get to this time of year, the free throw line, being able to not only make your shots at the free throw line, but being able to get there on a repeated basis and not put your opponent there, really just winning that category. South Carolina being minus 7 in free throw makes in this game and losing by 11 that had something to do with it. I'm not saying Auburn won by the refs. Don't get that mixed up. I'm just trying to illustrate to people the importance of Auburn doing this again and replicating this when it comes to tournament time, whether it's this week in the SEC tournament or it's next week in the NCAA tournament. Auburn needs to be in a positive dimension when it comes to the free throw line as opposed to when we've seen this team lose. That has not been the case. This was a good step for Auburn. Can they replicate this? And I said South Carolina was the SEC team that I would compare most closely to sandpaper out of anyone else in the league. For Auburn to be able to beat them at the foul line, that is a positive because this South Carolina team has no problem with playing games and playing teams at the charity stripe. To all of our listeners, give us your opinion on Auburn's win against South Carolina on Saturday. How do you feel going into the SEC tournament this week? Auburn has their first game on Friday, then the NCAA tournament next week. Give us a call here on the line, 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502. We want to hear from you. Another stat that we have looked at the past five or six games for this Auburn basketball team, Noah, they got out-rebounded again. Oh, I'm glad you went there. Only by one, 40 to 39, but they still got out rebounded by a team that is much undersized to this Auburn basketball team, especially in the front court. Here's my issue with Auburn's rebounding. This was the thing that I was talking about earlier in the segment. The one thing that has been an issue the last couple of games that needs to be rectified when they get to tournament time. Auburn over the last three games, four games or so, with the way that they're rebounding, that could be completely a factor of fatigue that could be everything that's been going on with them but for some odd reason and it was better in the South Carolina game than it was in the Tennessee game and in the Mississippi State game and granted Mississippi State is a pretty good rebounding team in their own right and so is Tennessee but Auburn if you watch on film over the last three games once again numbers sometimes lie to you sometimes they deceive you they can only tell you so much You need to watch the game to get the full scope of everything that happened. And I'm still seeing too much, too many times, ball watching and guys not putting a body on somebody to box out. Auburn fundamentally is concerning me a little bit from a a rebounding standpoint because I don't think they're doing the things fundamentally right now necessary to be a good rebounding team. And some of that is effort. Now, is their effort low because they are fatigued? That's possible. Let's see how this team rebounds in the SEC tournament when they've had six days off. But if this trend continues into tournament time, that's absolutely ridiculous. You are one of the biggest, you are one of the bounciest teams in college basketball. You are averaging nearly 40 rebounds per game. You should have no issues out-rebounding your opponents if Auburn fails to do so in tournament time it is completely an Auburn issue I know I'm sounding like I'm being a little harsh and being a little hard on this team but the reality is I talked about free throws like everything goes into tournament time every little thing matters and doing all the little things right and if Auburn gets 
minus 10 in rebounding in a game, that could be the difference. One or two offensive rebounds could be the difference in a three- or a four-point game. And so Auburn right now, and granted Auburn went out there, got 10 offensive rebounds. That's not too far under their season average. I think they're averaging like 11 offensive rebounds per game. But South Carolina getting 12 offensive rebounds is not a place that you want your opponents to live. You want to bring that down by three or four. You want to go and collect more misses than what they're doing right now. And granted, this was South Carolina, a team that's probably not going to play in the NCAA tournament. They are not of the caliber of a team that Auburn will be facing next week in the NCAA tournament after round number one. When round number two hits, when Auburn gets to the second round, they're going to be playing teams better than the teams that did not make the NCAA tournament out of the SEC. At least that's my opinion. It may, you know, they may get an eight or a nine seed that may have not have made it out of the SEC and they just benefited from playing in a weaker conference. But I still think on average, once the second round starts for Auburn, it's those teams are going to be able to take advantages of a lack of effort and right now I'm seeing a lack of effort from Auburn on the rebounding end of things you can't just sit there and watch the watch the ball come off the rim you need to go and get a body on somebody and you need to go and attack the basket and right now Auburn's not doing that at the level that I think we all know they can now will that be an issue when tournament time rolls around we're just gonna have to wait and see but we looked at that Tennessee game when Auburn gave up over 20 offensive rebounds and got out-rebounded by 20. Tennessee had more than 50. Mississippi State had 50 total rebounds, right? We looked at those. We looked at the Tennessee game first as, oh, this is a fluke. This hasn't happened yet. Oh, and then it happened again. And then it, it didn't happen to that level in the South Carolina game. South Carolina got 40 boards to Auburn's 39. It was much more even than that. But Auburn should be winning these battles, especially considering South Carolina is missing a lot of shots. When you are a great defensive team and the other team is shooting the ball and is missing, there are more opportunities for you to out-rebound the other team, right? And uh, especially considering Auburn misses a lot of shots. Auburn shot 41% in this. There were a lot of offensive rebound opportunities. Auburn just didn't take as much of an advantage as I would have liked to have seen them over South Carolina. But South Carolina's physical. They played the game physical. There are a lot of hard fouls in this game. Maybe they're just fatigued. But this is something that I do think needs to be rectified when you get to tournament time. Rebounding is important. And right now, Auburn is doing it like a bottom half team in the SEC right now, at least a bottom half caliber rebounding team. Whereas we all know the personnel that Auburn has on this team, they should easily be top three in rebounding in, the, in this league. And statistically, they are, but they're not playing like it over the last two weeks. Well, there's no doubt that if Auburn continues to get out rebounded, once they start playing teams in the NCAA tournament, like you said, once they hit round two, the competition is going to heat up. And if Auburn continues the trend of being out rebounded, they're giving up points after points after points when they get out rebounded. No, if you get out rebounded by 10, you're giving up at least 10 points on those rebounds. I mean, you're going to get beat if you do that in the NCAA tournament, and even in the SEC tournament. Think about a team like Kentucky who has a beast of a rebounder in Oscar Shibway. If, if Auburn continues this trend, Shibway will go for 20 points and 20 rebounds against this team, and Auburn is going to lose. Well, I think the fear is, you know, there's the saying that the best time or the best look at a three-point shot is after an, an offensive, offensive rebound, rebound, right? South Carolina is not a great three-point shooting team. What happens when you run into a team like Kentucky, who I wouldn't necessarily qualify as a great three-point shooting team, but they've got shooters, right? They they're, they are above average to, to good three-point shooting College team in the league. College kids can knock down an open three. Right. I mean, they're not out here spraying people down like the Golden State Warriors or anything like that, and that's not the emphasis on the game, but they've got shooters. They are a good three-point shooting team. 
what happens when you're right? You run into an Oscar Shibay who gets an offensive board, maybe doesn't go back up with it, kicks it out. You give up a couple of threes out on the perimeter that you wouldn't have given up had you had you boxed out, had you gotten a board. And sometimes rebounding does have a little bit of just it can be unfortunate on a long rebound maybe the ball just goes directly to an opposing player it's it's very baseball-esque in that way right some days sometimes it's just not your day but when you get out rebounded by 20 like they were against Mississippi State and Tennessee that is not you that that's not it being fluky every time that Tennessee got 24 fortuitous bounces off the rim that's not what's happening there that is effort and I still think you saw some of that in the South Carolina game it was better but I still think you saw some of that, and that's why Auburn gets out rebounded by one. And some people out there are like, "It's not a big deal. They still won the SEC. Ter- they, they still won the SEC regular season championship outright." I'm not talking bad about this Auburn team. I'm just bringing something to everybody's attention that needs to be rectified going into tournament time. I'm still incredibly happy for this basketball team. They should be celebrating. This is a monster achievement for Auburn, and and how difficult the SEC was this year. This team, in my mind right now, is clearly a one seed. They're clearly a national championship contender. I've got them penciled in to win the SEC tournament in my bracket. I am excited to see this team in March. I'm just saying these are the little things that could be the difference between Auburn winning the SEC tournament. These could be the little things that could be the difference between Auburn winning the NCAA tournament. Effort stats, hustle stats, the little things. Are you turning the basketball over? Are you rebounding? You know, knocking down shots is important in everything. It is. But we have seen times where a a, a favorite maybe doesn't show up shooting the basketball well in one game, but they survive because they were able to do the other things right. They were able to win in every other category. Now, I don't think you can just keep surviving that way. I think you do have to be an efficient offensive team, and I do think you have to hit shots on a regular basis to win six games in a row, right? To win the College Basketball National Championship, it is the most difficult championship to win in any sport, right? You have to win six games in a row. No other sport makes you have to win six games in a row to win a championship. No other sport makes you do that. So you do have to play well. You do have to shoot the basketball well. Nobody wins a national championship being a just an above-average offensive team. And, I, and I've talked about that a lot over the last month. And you can go and look at the last six, seven national championships and, and go and look at those teams and their stat categories and their stat profiles. And you go and tell me that every single one of those teams was not one of the better offensive teams, was, wasn't one of the best offensive teams, one of the most efficient offensive teams in college basketball because they were. Auburn does need to step it up in that category a little bit they need to rebound a little bit better but if they do this team has the talent to overcome a lot of issues and that's why I've been defending them for so long I'm extremely excited to see what this team's going to do in tournament time they just do have some finer things that they need to refine and I think they can do that with this six days of rest before they get to the SEC tournament well it's what I've been saying for the past month is that Auburn has issues that they need to fix and there's no there's been no doubting that they have issues but if they fix those issues they have a legitimate chance to go and win not only an sec tournament championship but an ncaa tournament championship and go and be the first time national champions in auburn basketball history and if you look at it auburn has been sec regular season champions five times in program history four of those have been under bruce pearl so there's no doubt that he knows what he's doing he is successful at auburn And he's got this team ready to go for another run like we saw in 2019. But the problems on this team have to be addressed. And I think they were a little bit on Saturday. Again, a win against South Carolina on your home floor with the SEC tournament or the SEC championship on the line doesn't give me a, doesn't make me feel completely better. 
but Auburn's shot selection was a lot better. The half-court offense was a lot better. The bench played a lot better. Auburn just didn't knock their shots down at times, but that's okay because that'll come because this team has enough talent and more talent than possibly anybody in the country. I trust them to, to knock shots down and, and make them when they need it inside the tournament. But out-rebounding, getting out-rebounded, turnovers has still been an issue. That's going to lose your games. Even though you shoot the basketball really well one night, if, if you don't do any of the other things right in the game, that's going to lose you a basketball game. Those two things right there, being out-rebounded and turning the ball over 15 to 18 times a game, even in the tournament, you can't turn it over 14 times because one of these teams is going to score 20 points off of those turnovers and it's going to be over and you're going to get out rebounded by 10 or 15 and they're going to score 10 or more points on that well no that's 20 or 30 points off of those two categories right there that will get you beat not only in the sec tournament but in the ncaa tournament auburn looks better and they still have some time they still have some things to fix before they get into sec tournament and the ncaa tournament let's take a break here on the line we'll come back and we'll keep talking about auburn basketball you're listening to on the line here on espn 1067 and fox sports central alabama welcome back into on the line here on espn 1067 and fox sports central alabama jacob goins noah gardner with you today on the monday edition of the show it's conference tournament week in college basketball selection sunday is six days away the best day of the year my favorite day i fill out like 20 brackets man it's awesome but before we get there we have conference tournament week we have sec tournament the big 12 tournament all the big tournaments going on this week and noah you've got some sec brackets filled out different oh yeah (laughs) some different ways that you filled them out you've got your just your initial thoughts bracket you've got a formula bracket you've got all kinds of stuff you're you're foaming at the mouth over there i'm addicted to filling out brackets It is that time of year, my friend. Well, there's nothing more OCD fulfilling than penciling a team to the next round. It's so it's so nice and a perfect or not a perfect, but a nicely filled out bracket all the way through breaking there's it down. There's nothing more disheartening than having Losing someone go. Yeah, day one That's loss. Right. Yeah. Losing a Final Four how team. Many, how many times in your years of filling out an NCAA tournament bracket have you gone at least the first day of the tournament and then the first round? Have you ever made it out of the first round undefeated? I've made it out of the first day. No, never undefeated. But I've made it out of the first day feeling pretty good most times, yeah. right? But I'll tell you, there's always a blow to your bracket day one. Some Sweet 16 or Elite 8 teams going down on day one for most people one year hurts, man. one year i made it through the first day i was undefeated through day one i was like dude like it's happening and then and like, <laughs> i'm making a million dollars and then the first game the next day game one it was like a three seed they lost you know i was like well i don't remember who it was but i was like well there went that i was so excited that night laying down i was like oh it's gonna happen and then no it didn't have a perfect but, bracket <laughs> Hey, man, you can win some money with that. Win some money with that. But let's break down the SEC. That's 63 games or 67 games or something like that, right, Jacob? That's I know. 67 and it's and not 0. even. And you have to predict a game that's not even created yet. You have to predict a matchup that isn't even existed. That's wild when you break that down in your head. But before we get to that, we have conference tournaments and conference championships to break down. And, of course, the one we're all going to be watching is the SEC tournament. It starts on Monday down in Tampa with the first four teams going. They'll have four games Thursday, four games Friday, two games on Saturday, and the championship game 
on Sunday. Noah, let's break down the SEC tournament bracket because there's some good matchups. You could say some 50-50s in the first couple of days. Of course, the top four seeds are set as well. Break it down for me, man. What you got? You know, this feels like it's going to be a relatively chalky bracket when you look at the top you, four seeds. Tell the listeners what you mean by that. Chalk, if you don't know what this means in terms of tournament time, it just means the favorites advance, the, the better seed advances. And when you look at this SEC tournament field and you look at everybody already in the quarterfinals, the teams that have the double by punched until Friday, Auburn as the one seed, Arkansas as the four seed, your two seed Tennessee and your three seed Kentucky, you look at that group, they feel like they the way that they ended the season – their true threats were only each other and only themselves. It did not feel like outside of the top four, anybody was legitimately close to the same plane as those teams. Now we've seen squads like Alabama upset teams that are clearly of that caliber, but that Alabama team that finished the regular season is not the same Alabama team of non-conference play. And I think they're more likely to be upset early on, maybe in their first round matchup or their second round matchup, excuse me, before they get to the quarters, then they already even get a shot at a team like that. And LSU has played some really close games against the better teams in this league, but outside of beating Kentucky through the first four games or three games of conference play, LSU hasn't beaten anybody good in SEC play. They haven't quite been able to close the deal. They have pushed these teams. They have played them relatively close. Seems like every LSU-Kentucky game was decided by five points. LSU-Arkansas was a one-point game the other day. LSU blew that one. LSU obviously pushed through against Alabama, but that was incredibly close. You look at LSU-Tennessee, LSU against all these other teams, they were able to push them, but they were never able to quite get over the top. It's like that group, that group of five teams that are tied with a 9-9 SEC record, there is clearly a giant chasm between them and the top four seeds. And I would not be shocked. Honestly, it's my prediction in my bracket. It's my prediction that the top four seeds should be playing in the semifinals. Uh, I, I don't expect someone to go deep into the tournament outside of that group. Quickly before we head to break, if you had to pick a team outside the top four seeds in the SEC tournament to make a run to at least the uh, semifinals. To the math formula. <laughs> who would it be outside the top four in the SEC tournament to make a run to the semifinals at least? What team would that be and why? Man, that's tough. There's a couple of teams that I like um, to go to the, that, that I think would have a shot together. I think Mississippi State has a chance. Um they do the finer thing that they do the physical and the finer things right I think that their biggest issue right now is they're not scoring the basketball well they're not shooting the ball well but they rebound really well they don't turn the basketball over a whole lot they um, they defend well and I like their matchups here you know South Carolina also has the propensity to drop off the face of the earth uh, from an offensive standpoint Mississippi State beat that team by 14 in one of their games, lost by 10 in the other one. I think if they beat South Carolina, we know how bad Tennessee can be at scoring the basketball. So if you want to look at one of the top four seeds that could fall because their offense ain't it, it's Tennessee can beat themselves. So I think Mississippi State could have a shot, but I still don't like it. I, I don't think that's likely. Let's take a quick break here. we got more of On the Line. Jeremy Law on the other side of this break.
quick 33 minutes to open up the Monday edition of Mon the Line. Noah Gardner, Jacob Goins with you. Talking a little Auburn basketball as well as the SEC men's basketball tournament. We've got a bracket. We've got a lot of brackets out there. So all you OCD folks out there that fill out like 63 brackets just because it's fun, I'm with you. We stand together. I was about to say, you're one of them. Yes, I am. I only have two. I only have two. But it is fun to look at so many far. different scenarios. It's more fun to just look at all the different scenarios. That's what's fun about it. Yeah, and all the potential, like the potential matchups, you're like, oh, you're telling me. Who can make a run? Who can be upset? I love it, man. It's, March is the best time in sports. It's the best month in sports all year long. Anybody that says otherwise, you're wrong. Jeremy Love, Radio Alabama Sports, with us here for this segment. Jeremy, how's it going today, man? Guys, last week I told you that Alabama needed to go one and one last week, and if they were going to lose one, it needed to be LSU. Well, they go zero oh and two, and they do exactly what I said they couldn't do against Texas A&M, which is turn the ball over a lot and miss all your shots. Man, this Alabama basketball team. This might be the most frustrated I've been with Alabama basketball in my in my lifetime because Alabama has three of the best wins in its program's history. And at the end of this season, they're, they might just be worthless. You, you won't remember any of them because you'll remember how they flopped against Georgia, Missouri, probably a first or second round exit in the, in the, um, in the tourney. Now, who knows what they're going to do this week in the SEC tournament. I don't know. It's just been a frustrating week for Bama Hoop. So what was the problem this past week? Of course, we all watched it. A lot of turnovers and whatnot, but I want your take. I well, I mean, how many times can you turn the ball over? How many times can you turn the ball over before you just call a timeout and say, God, stop jumping and throwing the ball. Quit picking up your dribble for five seconds, hopping in the air, throwing, or charging the baseline, jumping yourself towards out of bounds, and then trying to throw a baseline pass while you're hovering out of bounds. I mean, it just doesn't work. The team has done it week in, week out, game in, game out. They've got away with it in some games. But now Alabama, this is a this should have been a 21 to 22 win team at a minimum. And they've just lost too many games that they that they shouldn't lose. And it really is a shame because of the the great non-conference slate that they had. They want to win those games. They've beaten Baylor, Gonzaga, um, and Houston. They played at Memphis. They played a super tough schedule, and they won those tough games, and then they followed them up with, you're better than Texas A&M. Not only that, you have more talent than Texas A&M. I won't say you're not better than them because they just beat you, but you have more talent than them. You have more talent than Georgia, Missouri, Mississippi State, who beat you early in the year, and there's no excuse for that. You've beaten Tennessee. How? No, I mean, it's like, how did Alabama win these games and be as bad as we've seen them be on many occasions. And even the, the Nate Oates apologists out there and ha, have been a little critical of him in the last week because 20, 20 turnovers and a loss, and you get, you're fortunate to get to overtime with that many, and you continue to turn it over. Nate Oates telling us that J.D. Day, he thought J.D. Davison knew that there was only four seconds on the shot clock. How can you think he knew that? I want, do you, you have to know that if you're inbounding the ball, to your freshman, that he has to know that there's four seconds on the shot clock. And to not even get a shot up and, and really in that situation, that to me, man, that's that's inexcusable. But listen, there, there's still more ahead for this team. And hopefully they can rebound, win some games here in the SEC tournament, 
But goodness gracious, you, you pick up Kentucky in the second round. So it's not it's not going to be easy um, for this Alabama team for sure. Well, Jeremy, I can hear the frustration in your voice, my man, and I understand that you know Alabama has they have a lot of good wins, but they have some bad losses as well. Besides the obvious things of turning the ball over, lack of defense, and the specifics, what's the difference in this Alabama team when they play the teams like Gonzaga and Baylor versus their teams like Texas A&M and LSU? I, I couldn't tell you other than that they, they – I mean, Nate Oates has told us all year they didn't play with enough energy. I mean, like how many times can you tell us that you didn't play with enough energy or you didn't try hard enough on defense, you weren't giving enough effort on defense, or – I love it. It, it. it is this season's Avery Johnson telling them to has it. Oh, we just didn't shoot the ball well. Dude, we know. We're at Alabama's at 27 to 30% at best three-point shooting team. Maybe don't shoot 60 of them in a game. Maybe shoot some twos. Close twos. Go, go to the rim. Get fouled. You have really, you're a good free-throw shooting team. That is one of the good things about Alabama. The way they shot their free-throws in a tough environment Saturday, I think, is one of the few things you can take from this past weekend – other than forcing a good team into overtime on their home floor, which, I mean, that's still, there's still not, I mean, you go to LSU, you take them to overtime, and you play as bad as you did. But Alabama fans, they, that's been the story all year. Well, we played so bad and we were so close. But at some point, you have to stop playing bad. At some point, you have to start shooting better or stop shooting the three as much. At some point, you have to, if you're not going to play defense, you better be making shots. And you just hear the same things over and over again. Alabama. I just wish Nate Oates would come out and say, I think we got careless guys and they're not giving it their best effort and they're, I, don't, I don't know what to do about it. I, I think that would be, to me, I think that the honesty would be a little bit better than kind of just the same rambling after each and every loss and being super excited about each and every win, which you should be. But at some point, I mean, like, I guess you are what you are. And Alabama is a team that comes out with minimal effort on defense in games that, that require you to bring the energy because it's not going to be supplied by the team that you're playing. Um, when you play Tennessee and Arkansas and Auburn and Kentucky, yeah, you're going to play with energy. But when you're playing Texas A&M on a sleepy Wednesday, like you have to come in focused and ready to play. And Alabama has just not done that against teams like A&M and Mississippi State and Georgia and, and Missouri this year like they should have. Speaking with Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports here with us on the Monday edition of On the Line about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Jeremy, where do you think this team's headspace is at? Where do you think this team's effort is going to be at after a few days rest? They get to play on Thursday in the second round, winner of Georgia and Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt-Alabama was a great game a couple weeks ago, and Georgia beat Alabama back earlier in the season. So kind of the first question that I want to you is, where do you think this team's headspace is at? And second of all, what do you think about Alabama's seeding right now in the SEC tournament? Well, if, you, if you're not getting a two-round bye in this one, it really didn't matter. Because if you make it out of Thursday, I mean, literally, dude, Auburn, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Kentucky are waiting right there. And all those teams have been not all beating each other in kind of like a round-robin type of way. So, I mean, like, it's not going to get easy if you make it after Thursday regardless. I mean, if you were a five seed, you'd be playing Arkansas probably. You get the six seed, you play Kentucky. I mean, what really is the difference? between those two teams right now at this point, especially I mean, one through four in the top of the SEC right now. There's not much difference in any of those teams. But I think the good thing for Alabama fans, especially one of those that have been saying, and I've been one of those, that when the, when the big lights turn on, this Alabama team tends to 
give its best effort, play with maximum efficiency. They tend to shoot the ball better, which is strange to say outside of that game against Kentucky, against really good teams. Well, every game from here on out, you're really playing for something. So I think, you know, for the people that have had that narrative this year, this is time to test that narrative because Alabama is playing for something right now. They're playing for an SEC tournament championship, which is, I guess, the automatic bid, although it doesn't really matter. Um, and then throughout the NCAA tournament, every game here on out for Alabama is a game that really matters. And we're going to see if they have the leadership from JQ and Shaq. And I don't really know who else would be a leader for this team this year. Rojas has really stepped up coming off his injuries. He's been a little bit of a pleasant surprise. You haven't gotten as much from some other guys as you'd, as you'd expect. But you're going to see if that narrative is true for Alabama, that if they're a team that plays better when the big lights are on, when you're playing the big boys, if that's true, you're going to get to see it from here on out. Well, Jeremy, you're talking about the players on this Alabama basketball team. Let me ask you this. What player needs to step up and be the X factor for this Alabama basketball team to make a run in the SEC tournament and possibly in the NCAA tournament? It's not just going to be one guy. It is J.D. and J.Q., but, I mean, even like Shaq, I mean, Shaq's had a great year. I mean, he was the top five shooter in the SEC, some good shooters in this league. And he had a really bad day against LSU. If any other game this year, Alabama probably wins that game but because somebody else might step up. But Shaq, I mean, he had a really bad game, could not find the bottom of the net. And that's going to happen for shooters, but it can't happen for Alabama down the stretch because he has been the one, you know, bright glimmer in, in almost in a, in a lot of games for Alabama this year. If nobody else is hitting anything, he's been able to hit him. Keon's going to have to step up. I think, I think Chuck has been playing a lot better basketball in the second half of the SEC schedule. But J.D. and J.Q., they cannot turn the ball over as much as they've been turning it over. And, and Shaq's got to make, make his shots. And if Shaq's making his shots and can give this team a spark, they're always going to have a chance. But it's tough to see this team having – a chance to beat really good teams if Jaden Shackelford shoots the ball as bad as he did uh, Saturday against LSU. And that's not an effort thing. Sometimes they're not dropping. I know you guys know that. But if you're not shooting it, you got to, if you're not shooting it well, you got to play great defense. And normally for Alabama this year, if they're not shooting it well, they haven't been playing great defense outside of that really the closer game against Kentucky the first time they played, where I think they held Kentucky under 70 and they weren't shooting the ball very well. They shot at 10% from deep. Uh, but outside of that one, normally those two things have happened for Alabama in the same game, and it's not going to be able to happen down the stretch. Talking to Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports, we'll talk about the NCAA tournament next week if we have you on the show after Selection Sunday, but I want to ask you about the SEC tournament. How many games, in your opinion, does Alabama win this week in the SEC tournament? One. I hope. I hope it's one. Um <laughs> I just don't. They played. I mean, what do you want me to say? They played Kentucky twice. They lost yeah. to them twice. Um, you well, know, who would you rather play, Vandy or Georgia? I'd rather. I mean, Georgia's not going to beat you twice. I mean, come on. Vandy is a is a better team already. Is is didn't Georgia set the record for most losses in conference history? I mean, I'm looking. There's there. I think Vandy went 0 and 18 once. Wait, maybe yeah, maybe they did. But I mean, the twenty-five losses I think is a record. I think twenty-five losses is the most in the regular season. I think for an SEC basketball, there's something like that. But Georgia's one in seventeen. One. 
the team that they beat. I mean, how bad is that for Alabama? <laughs> I mean, they, it could have been twenty six losses, Jeremy. <laughs> I mean, dude, they're one and seventeen because Alabama couldn't beat those guys. They suck. They're horrible, and and their win is against Alabama. So I mean, I bet Alabama would be licking their chops to play them again, and you hope Georgia finds a way to beat Vandy so you could play them because. Alabama wants no part of uh, Pippen Jr. again. I mean, the guy did everything to us. And I know he got some calls on his home floor. That's how it goes. But, man, it, they're going to win one game. And if they upset Kentucky, it's an upset. That's why it's called an upset. I'm not picking Alabama to upset anybody right now. But if they are going to do it, this will be the team to do it. They play really bad against bad teams, and they come out and beat a Kentucky. But, geez, even if you win that one, unless Tennessee gets upset, you got to play them on Saturday. And then you look at the top of the bracket. I mean, Auburn and Arkansas, I mean, the, 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 the semifinals of the SEC tournament, this, might, this could be the, the best, the most depth in the top four or five teams, five, four, probably five or six teams in the league that, man, this semifinal Saturday and then the championship game on Sunday at, at noon, man, that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think that's must-see TV. And in the, in the league overall, guys, I don't know what y'all thought, but the last three, or, the last three weeks of conference play, has been super high-quality basketball. and some of the most fun that I've had watching SEC basketball in, in a long time. That, that, that used to be like ACC stuff and Big Ten stuff. Now it's like happening right here in our conference, and it could not be more fun to watch than it has been over the last three weeks. And I still don't think the league is getting the respect that they deserve for how good You're the right. league was because it's currently tied for third right now in bids with six. The Big Ten got eight, and the Big East is getting seven right now at least in terms of Joe Lenardi's yeah. bracketology. So I still don't think it's getting – Florida and A&M should be a lot closer to being in this field than people are giving them credit for. But, I Jeremy, mean, but hey, Alabama, Alabama's just sitting there, guys, because they have some really quality wins. Or yeah. Heck, they might be a bubble team. I mean, just think about that. If they don't beat Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston, I mean, if they go 0-3 in those games, they're is it 16 and 15. And I mean, Lenardi has them the as a five seed right now. You think that's too high? No, well, at some point you have to you have to respect the wins, and I, unless I'm not saying that makes Alabama a better team right now, but at some point you have to respect the wins. I mean, geez, those are some good wins. So, uh, but you also got to respect the losses. Alabama's got some ugly ones too. Jeremy, we appreciate your time today, my man. Hope you're having a good afternoon. Thanks, guys. Y'all take care. Have a great rest of the show. That was Jeremy Law of Radio Alabama Sports with us here on the show. When we come back, we'll talk a little Alabama basketball. What this. Bracket looks like for the Crimson Tide because I think it's pretty tricky. If I was looking to pull an upset in the in the second round, that might be a team that I'm looking at. We'll talk about that when we come back. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Go is Noah Gardner with you today on the Monday edition of the show. It is March 7th. We are rolling into conference tournaments and conference championships and college basketball of course selection sunday is just six days away we just got off the phone with jeremy law of radio alabama sports he talked to us about a lot of alabama basketball trouble in paradise for yeah, real i loved i really appreciate his <laughs> optimism that he brings on our show when we talk to him about alabama it really really live lives it up a little bit but if you missed any of the first hour here on on the line just search on the line wherever you get your podcast it gets uploaded immediately after the show we have a few more minutes before we head to the network break and come back for hour number two we've been talking a lot about the sec tournament breaking down the bracket and Noah, I had asked you about an upset 
or a, a lower seeded team to that make could a go run. On a run yeah, yeah, make a run to. I would say to the semifinals is what we consider making a run in the SEC tournament outside the top four. Your team was. It was Mississippi State, but that's more to do with the bracket than anything. People might be like, Mississippi State? Do you see how they ended the year? Here's my sales pitch on Mississippi State real quick, and then I want to talk about Alabama. we got about five minutes here, so let, let me break this down for you. Look at the bracket. Mississippi State has to play South Carolina, who I thought played pretty well against Auburn. So, I, you know, it just kind of depends on what South Carolina team you get. But you look at Mississippi State this season, they finished 8-10 and 10 in the SEC. They are blown lead away from finishing 9-9, nine and nine, the same as the clump of teams of five of LSU, Alabama, South Carolina, all these other teams. So there were only just one game worse. It's feasible that they can beat a team like South Carolina, right, and get out of the second round. It's just a 10-7 win. We see the 10-7 upset all the time, right? So that's not – I don't think it's drastic. And what I like about this Mississippi State team a bit is I think they're physical. I think they play hard. They have a coach that has extensive tournament experience and has extensive tournament experience at winning – and Ben Howland, okay? Now, Frank Martin does too, but these are two good coaches going head-to-head, and I still think Ben Howland's a good coach, and Mississippi State didn't end the year like they wanted to, and they're having some difficulty scoring the basketball, but we talked about South Carolina this past Friday when we were breaking that down for Auburn, and we know that South Carolina has a propensity at times to just disappear offensively, right? And this Mississippi State team has gotten really close to beating some of the really good teams at the top. They've beaten Arkansas. They almost beat them a second time. They almost beat Arkansas twice, Let's just put that in perspective. They almost beat Alabama twice. They almost beat Auburn. They almost beat LSU. They almost beat Kentucky. I mean, there were a lot of single-digit losses. And granted, the keyword here is, and I know where you're going, almost. almost. I get it. Almost. Okay. But what I'm trying but to I illustrate, what, saying, what I'm trying to illustrate is they have the quality to stay on the same floor. And at the end of the day, in tournament time, it's about being there at the end. It's about being in the last three minutes, and then can you make those buckets? And when I look at the bracket, I see two teams and their little pod that, man, it doesn't matter what the other team's doing. They might just shoot 30% in a game, and that's it for them. Tennessee's the team that they would advance to play if they beat South Carolina. Tennessee's a team that this year they're like 12th in the SEC in field goal percentage. Newsflash, like Mississippi State's like top five. As far as efficiency is concerned and being able to score the basketball, these teams operate at different paces. They Tennessee is definitely a more talented basketball team. Do not get me wrong. And I'm not saying this will happen. It's not my pick that Mississippi State makes it to the semis. But you said a lower-seeded team from the second or first round that I think could go on a run. And I did open the show today saying that I think the SEC tournament's going to go chalk. I don't think we are going to have a seed lower than I think all of the top four seeds will advance to the semis. That is my take. But if you're asking me who could upset somebody to get to the semifinals, I like Mississippi State's pod. I think they have the chance if South Carolina and Tennessee show up throwing up bricks and building houses, Mississippi State's going to be busy playing some basketball. They're still physical. They play close games. They just have issues making shots sometimes to themselves. But we've also seen games where they have made shots and they're clearly capable of sticking around. Auburn fans should know that very well. Well, hold on to that take because on Wednesday, we'll have a hot take Wednesday and I think we should center it on the SEC tournament. Maybe a matchup that you like, a team that can make a little run. Hold on to that take because we'll come back to that on Wednesday because I've got one of my own that I'll drop on the show here on Wednesday when we do hot take Wednesday. But let's talk about Alabama basketball with what we just got off the phone from Jeremy Law about. He was very not optimistic about this Alabama basketball team, and he has reasons to for that. 
They have not played well as of late. Yes, they have their big non-conference wins against Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston. But in the SEC, you just don't know what team you're going to get. But I think as the season has come down the stretch, I think you do know what you're going to get when you play Alabama. They turn the ball over a lot. They're going to miss a ton of threes. They're going to miss a ton of threes. They're going to take a ton, and they're also going to miss a ton. And they their defensive effort has been lacking in most of their games. And when you talk about a basketball team and a head coach trying to get his team ready for March, this team ain't it. And Nate Oates, I don't, I don't want to bash on a coach because I don't know how to do it. But it just doesn't look like this team has gotten any better. It just looks like they're on a big downslide and moving backwards every time they step on the floor. And so it's hard to have any confidence in this Alabama basketball team. Yeah, they may win their first game because they play either Georgia or Vanderbilt. But then they got to run into a, a monster of Kentucky who they've lost to twice this season. And I just don't see Alabama winning that matchup or winning very many games in the NCAA tournament. It's very possible. Here's the sales pitch. I got about 40 seconds here to get through this. Georgia's already beaten them once. They can score the basketball. Let's say Georgia, you know, we've seen this before. A team out of the first round, they start making some shots. They start feeling good. They start feeling like the glass zipper, the glass slipper fits. You know, maybe they catch Alabama off guard again. And then Vanderbilt, they pushed them the first time. It's hard to beat a team twice. And Vanderbilt shoots the three very well. Alabama doesn't defend it well. Alabama takes a lot of threes. Vandy defends the three well. I, I think there's a clear matchup disadvantage there between Alabama and Vanderbilt that Vanderbilt could exploit. That's it for hour number one. We got hour number two coming up at 3 p.m. We'll keep talking SEC tournament when we come back. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins, Noah Gardner with you on the Monday edition of the show. Hour number two is underway. If you've missed any part of hour number one, just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded as soon as we are off the air. If you want to call in, give us your opinion on Auburn basketball winning the SEC turn or the SEC regular season title or anything else that's on your mind in the sporting world, give us a call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. We want to hear from you, but we're going to start out with number two, like we always do with making headlines, making headlines. Auburn basketball wins the SEC regular season championship after beating South Carolina by 12 at home on Saturday. They rain the confetti. They cut down the nets. They are officially the number one seed in the SEC tournament. Noah, your takeaways from Auburn's game against South Carolina and overall on the season as they are outright SEC regular season champions. I'm glad they did the thing. I'm glad they did it below the regular season outright championship because they led from start to finish extremely proud of this basketball team Auburn fans should be over the moon there's a reason why I've been defending this team from the masses over the last two to three weeks and I think some people have been overreacting a little bit it's definitely pertinent and we have said this over the last two months to point out the ways in which Auburn can improve as a basketball team 
considering it could prevent them from winning a national championship and that is what we're all looking at this year because there's many people who lived their entire lives and never saw Auburn win a national championship many people lived their entire lives and never saw Auburn make a final four we want to see Auburn win a national championship in basketball and this team's probably about as talented as it gets when it comes to being able to win a national championship even on a year-to-year basis you talk about the talent that this team has they fit into that elite category of teams across college basketball that can win a championship any year I think you could take this team out of the year 2021-2022 and you could put them in any other year in college basketball history and this team would definitely be in the mix to win a national championship so you want to see this team win it all and that's why you point out some of those things that's why you get irritated by some of the effort things or the fact that they can go on a massive lull on offense but they're 27 and 4 they won a lot of games and something that I've been saying over the last week the fact that they went 27 and 4 I believe is proof that they have the solutions and probably more solutions to their own issues than maybe anybody else in college basketball there's only maybe one or two more teams I think right now one team that I would say for sure that maybe has more solutions than Auburn or at least the same amount and that would be Gonzaga but Gonzaga gets significantly weakened by playing in the WCC for 20 games, 18 games in a row, right? Then they get a week and a half off because the WCC tournament is a week and a half before the NCAA tournament. That can cool a team off, right? And and they only have to play two games. So there's a lot that works against Gonzaga because they don't play an overly difficult schedule and the way that timing and all works out in March. And that's why we haven't seen them. I think that's part of the reason why we have never seen them win a national championship. Auburn has so much talent and so much depth on this team. I think you look at this game against South Carolina, something that we didn't talk about in hour number one that I want to bring up now and talking about this team's solutions. Auburn, in a close game for a little bit, this was hanging around 10 points. Sometimes it dipped into single digits. Bruce Pearl dipped into his bench more than we have seen him dip into his bench for quite some time, really two months, I think, really since the start of SEC play, this is the most that we've seen of a Chris Moore or a Leor Berman. And Leor Berman didn't play but two minutes. Chris Moore played six, but I think he offered you stuff when he was out there. He got two offensive rebounds. He had two assists, didn't he? Or was it two turnovers? I forget. He had two turnovers. Yeah, that hurts. <laughs> That's, that is the exact opposite. But the point that I want to make about Chris Moore is, I know he had two turnovers, and I think the two turnovers, and when you watch him play, clearly, and Bruce Pearl said this in his post-game minutes and his post-game press conference, Bruce Pearl said, there's a reason why Chris Moore hasn't been playing a whole lot. There are other guys that are a little bit more ahead of him right now, and I think Bruce is talking about ball skills in that area. Chris Moore is physical. He's got the ability physically to hang with anybody in the league. He's built I think he can run the floor okay. The issue is he's not that great with the basketball actually in his hands. But Chris Moore even playing six minutes in the Auburn-South Carolina game, Bruce talked about how hard he works and his physicality and whatnot. That's something this team needs. They need an enforcer. I was talking about rebounding earlier in the show and how that's been an effort issue for Auburn. Well, you want to fix effort? Go put somebody out there that's willing to bang around go dive after loose balls, throw his body into the mix, whereas some other guys seem to be a little fatigued and a little reluctant to do so right now. Getting Chris Moore out there, maybe dipping into your bench a little bit deeper. Bruce Pearl said, 
if I'm going to talk the talk, I've got to walk the walk. And I think you walked the walk on Saturday when Auburn beat South Carolina 82-71. to And you look at all of the different players and you look at how the minutes were shared for Auburn. I want to see more of Chris Moore, not because I want to see less of other players, but because I want to see more of players that are going to play hard, that are going to play physical, and are going to get after it. And I hope that Chris Moore, his play, and maybe not just him, but other players, I hope that's something that can be infectious when they get to tournament time because I think they need it. Well, when you looked at the last couple of games for this Auburn team, the bench was almost non-existent. They came in and had some minutes, but they didn't have any points. They had very little rebounds. They had a lot of turnovers where that's not what you're looking for from your bench. Early on in the season, and I've talked about this, I'm pretty sure I talked about this last week here on the show, the drop-off early on in the season from the starters and the bench was very, very minimal. And then during the the typical Bruce Pearl Auburn basketball February slump, we saw a significant drop off from the starters and the bench. But then if you look at the stats from Saturday, yeah, Auburn only won by 11, but the bench came in besides Wendell Green. I consider him a non-starting starter because he plays more minutes than Zeb Jasper, the starting point guard. But if you look at everybody else, they came in and had effective points. They had effective rebounds, effective assists. Yeah, the bench had some turnovers. Jalen Williams and Chris Moore had four of the 14 turnovers for this team. But if you take those away, the bench still came in and played reliable minutes, significant minutes that gets the starters some rest and could be a little, you know, kick in the behind that says, look, your minutes are going to come down if you don't crash the boards, if you don't go after loose balls, if you are committing turnovers because we have guys on the bench that are going to do those things for us, like a Chris Moore or like a Devin Cambridge or a Jalen Williams. Now, those guys, as long as they play decent and consistent minutes when they come in, that's going to benefit Auburn in the long run. But for myself, I feel good about this Auburn basketball team, a lot better than I have in the past couple of weeks. Everybody that listens to this show knows that I've been pretty hard and critical of this Auburn basketball team and that's because I want them to be successful and I want them to go and do big things because they can do those things and they have more talent than anybody in the country I truly believe that but there's been no doubt that Auburn has had some problems they've had some issues that they've had to fix and correct and they still do but Saturday was a good sign and a good start to March in my opinion I think Auburn winning the SEC title they, they felt like they did it. They know that they are champions of the best conference in college basketball. And now, now it's on. Like Now every game matters from this point on. You have the SEC tournament and then the NCAA tournament next week. This team is going to have some time off. They're going to have some time to regroup. They're going to travel down to Tampa. They're going to play hopefully three games, win all of those, become SEC tournament champions to have both SEC titles in the same season. And then come Wednesday or Thursday, or Thursday, Friday, it's on for the NCAA tournament. And I think this team is going to have a lot of confidence. I think Bruce is going to have them ready to play because we've seen what this team can do in March. And I'm excited. Now, Auburn has some issues still. There's We've talked about it in hour number one, and we've talked about it for the past two or three weeks. Turn the ball over and rebounding are the two that I've seen. Shot making, I think on Saturday, they, they had a lot better looks, a lot better half-court offense but I I still stand by my take that says if Auburn doesn't fix the problems that they have they are not going to win a national championship and turning the ball over and getting out rebounded every time you step on the floor those two things and then obviously not making your shots 
that's going to get you beat in the tournament. And so I still stand by that. Can Auburn do it? Yes. Do I feel better about Auburn right now than I did last week? Absolutely. But I'm still worried. I'm not sold that Auburn's the best team right now in the country. Are you sold that they're the best team in the SEC? That's tough because I've said and I still I think stick they to are. it. I, I said it last week and I still will stick by it. If Auburn and Kentucky meet this week in the SEC championship game, which I think they will, I think it's going to be hard for Auburn to win that game. I really do. It's going to be hard, but will they win it? I, I Depends on how these teams play this week. Right now, if they were to meet right now, Kentucky would win, I think. I think Kentucky would win if they were to meet tonight on a neutral floor. I think Kentucky would win. But I think if Auburn, building off of Saturday's win, if they get a couple wins in the tournament and they come into on that Sunday afternoon and they're playing Kentucky, they, may, they very well may beat Kentucky. But... It's hard to beat a team twice, and I think that's what would hold Auburn back. Not that Kentucky's a better team, because at their peaks, Auburn's a better team. Let's just get that out there. At their peak and at their best, Auburn is better. But who's going to play better in that moment? If they met tonight on neutral floor, I'd pick Kentucky to win. But if Auburn starts looking good these, these next couple of games on Friday and Saturday, I may pick Auburn. Neutral floor, I'm taking Auburn. Right now, happens tonight, tomorrow, anytime, any place. Other than Rupp Arena, I'm taking Auburn. <laughs> I am. And that's, I mean, that's okay. And that's that's a good pick. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think Auburn is not there yet. They're not there yet. They had a slump in February. Is Kentucky there yet? No. I don't understand everybody's love, fascination, their, their fix with saying in the Auburn realm, not just you, but I hear that a lot. They say Auburn's not there yet. That's their reason. But is anybody there yet? No, but we're about to find out. We're about to see it. This is March. There's no more time. That's why I don't you know? like that excuse, though. And I'm not I'm not picking on you here. I'm, I'm saying in general. There's a lot of people that talk like that. That's not a reason to say that Auburn won't win is because they're not there yet. Nobody else is there yet. Let's get a reason on paper why you would like this team over that team in a tournament setting. Right? Okay, well, I'll give it to you. The two, the two problems I just talked about Auburn having, turning the ball over and getting out-rebounded. Kentucky does those two things Very phenomenally. Well. Phenomenally. They score off of turnovers and they out rebound people like crazy. Those two things will get Auburn killed against Kentucky. If they don't crash the board, they don't have to beat Kentucky in rebounds, but you cannot get out rebounded by 20 against Kentucky. And right now, I think Auburn, there's a chance. And if Auburn doesn't go and make a concerted effort, but I also think when you talk about Kentucky and what is the first thing that comes to mind about Kentucky basketball? This year, there it's a, it's an easy answer. It's Oscar Sheboy, yeah, the front which court. is the front court, right? So I think there's so much of a concerted effort to negate what their front court does well, which is rebound, right? And so I think when you get Auburn and Kentucky on the floor, Auburn's mindset is all right. We've got to stop them on the boards. We've got to stop them on on the glass. And I'm not going to say Auburn did that in their first meeting. But I do think Auburn did a decent job. Oscar Shibway is going to get his. He's going to have a double-double. He's had 25 this year. He's going to have a double-double. You're not going to stop him. You can only hope to contain. And I thought in Auburn's meeting with Kentucky and Auburn Arena, they contained. And we've seen Oscar Shibway against big, physical, tall talent. He struggles against guys like Walker Kessler, and that's okay. But at the same time, 
Kentucky's guard play, not that it's elite right now, and not that those guys are 100%. And I know we've talked a lot about Kentucky's injuries. Kentucky fans especially like to talk about their guard play injuries. But I think that would be where the matchup would be, is the guard play for both teams. Can Auburn's three main guards, the ones that we always talk about, match up with Kentucky's guards? Because if Kentucky's guards come out and extend the floor, extend their defense, and Auburn struggles with turning the ball over, I don't see how they win. Not that Auburn's not better. I think they will be and can be better than Kentucky. They have more talent. But, I mean, as obvious as it is, who's going to play better in that setting? And right now, I think it's Kentucky. Now, in the next five days, can my opinion change? Absolutely. If Auburn comes out Friday, Saturday, and they just whoop up on whoever they have to play, I, I I very well may pick Auburn to beat Kentucky. But it's hard for me to do that right now. But Auburn's trending upwards in my brain and in my heart. Okay, they are. Because the last couple of weeks, I've been worried about this team. I've had some concerns about this team. I've made that very well known. But they're trending upwards in my head, Noah. They are. I like where they're going. If they continue to do these things and get better and fix these problems right now, this week has got to be it. Auburn will have every chance to beat Kentucky on Sunday and go on and win six games in the NCAA tournament. Let's switch gears here and making headlines to our last headline of the segment. Talk a little Auburn baseball. I think they did some noteworthy things this past weekend, so we'll switch gears to talk a little baseball, and then we'll come back to basketball probably for the rest of the show. We're taking your calls, 334-321-1390, or toll-free at 888-382-7502. I was critical of Auburn baseball last week, rightfully so. I don't think they looked good against Yale. I was concerned that we were going to begin to see inconsistencies with this baseball team. Auburn followed up the series with Yale with a 13-7 win over Alabama State. They scored very well, but the pitching wasn't optimal. Then they followed that up with a 16-1 win over UAB. But this weekend, they held Rhode Island to three total runs across four games, and Auburn totaled up. They hit more than 10 runs three times, so let me do some quick math here. 28-42, 49 total runs for Auburn across four games. Auburn played well. There's no other way to cut it. I want to see more consistency, obviously, They've had, I would say up to this point, they've had one good weekend, one so-so weekend, and another good weekend, right? They've had two good weekends, one so-so weekend. I want to see them put together another good weekend this week. It's continuing to build, right? Auburn, by no means right now, should be considered an NCAA tournament team in baseball. But it should be an expectation that Auburn should be in the mix in baseball. It should be. And I think that's the, that is the expectation that this coaching staff wants to build and considering they're in year six, year five, and whatnot, that's why I've been looking at this team in that lens is can they get back to the dance this year? And right now, I think they're playing better baseball than Alabama. I think they're playing better baseball than Texas A&M. That would put Auburn at fifth in the SEC West. If they can take it, it just looking at the future, future schedule for Auburn, if they can get out of non-conference play at 15-3 and three and go 13-17 and 17 or 14-16 and 16 in conference play, which I still think could be a tall task. Honestly, if they can still go 12-18, and 18, I think they'll have a chance. 12-18, and, and 18, you are going to be really in the thick of the bubble. You probably won't make the dance, but you will be in the conversation with how deep the SEC is and with the fact that Auburn should be about 10 games above 500 at that point as well, uh, maybe even more at that point. That, that will get an SEC team into the conversation of course there is always that threshold you want to win 13 14 sec games to to make the tournament and i think auburn will have a shot to do that it is obviously going to always be a brutal sec schedule but the key here for auburn is continuing and we'll, we'll go way more in depth on auburn baseball when it gets to be conference play we've got one more 
regular we've got one more non-conference series here in the regular season and it's against MTSU this weekend after that it's Ole Miss at home which granted they had a tough series with UCF this past week but took two out of three Ole Miss is still a very good baseball team they can hit very well I think if Auburn brings the bats though they could possibly plate some runs against an Ole Miss defense that has given up some runs this year up to this point. Then after that, you've got A&M and conference play. A&M is a series that you have to win. If you can come out of the first two weekends at 3-3, three and three, maybe even 4-2, and two, that's possible if you could sweep an A&M, right? It, there, there is a chance for you to do something here down the stretch of the season. It's, it is definitely encouraging to see Auburn do what they did against Rhode Island, who's not a good baseball team. But you've got to do these things against the bad baseball teams first. You've got to walk before you can run. And Auburn right now looks to be walking. Now let's see how they finish out the non-conference play. they got five more games before the conference season starts. Tennessee Tech and Huntsville tomorrow, a three-game series against Middle Tennessee State starting on Friday. And the next week's midweek game is Tuesday against Kennesaw State. And then it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series to open up SEC play against Ole Miss. Well, look, let's start out by saying Rhode Island is not elite baseball, okay? That's that that is a, a known fact but Auburn had four games they had a game Friday doubleheader Saturday game on Sunday they put up seven runs 16 runs 12 runs and 14 runs so there's no doubt that Auburn is they're figuring out how to hit the baseball and, and bring some runs across the board and that's what you want to see that's what non-conference baseball is for same thing with softball right now they're hitting the ball at an astronomical level but with baseball they have five games left in the non-conference schedule in my opinion I expect Auburn to win all five they're 11 and two they're playing Tennessee Tech and Middle Tennessee and Kennesaw State Auburn the good and great SEC teams win these types of ball games and so yes it's baseball but Auburn's already dropped those two those two losses that are just eh, those are baseball losses you know they've already dropped those two and we talked about Auburn having three total losses in, in non-con play at the beginning of the season. But if Auburn continues to hit the ball like they are, they ought to win all five of these games, especially having four of them at Plainsman Park. Of course, they're in Huntsville tomorrow. But the other four at Plainsman Park, you got to win all those games. And then you go in to the series with Ole Miss. Yeah, they're the number six team in the country, but you're at home. So if you can win one or two of those games – pick up a win against South Alabama and then sweep a Texas A&M or take two and one these are the types of series that Auburn's going to have to start winning in for the baseball team once they hit conference play if they want to have a chance to competing and making it back to the NCAA tournament for baseball it's a long season but it's about to start to get into the thick of it and Auburn baseball has got to figure out how to win offensively and defensively and more importantly and and I'll say this Auburn's margin of error is so much lower than that of mississippi state who is currently six and six everybody the defending national champions just dropped another series right they 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 dropped the opener the opening series to to long beach state who then got swept by sacramento state the next week they then dropped one out of that they did take two out of three against northern kentucky but they lost in their midweek to southern miss and then this week they lost two out of three to tulane who's a good baseball team tulane is good but they've got Texas Tech coming up in the midweek this week, who's still ranked top 20. Texas Tech, two games in the midweek. There could be two more losses. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Mississippi State's going into this weekend with a losing record, which is crazy to talk about the defending national champions that way. But those teams, like Mississippi State and Arkansas, I mean, Arkansas lost a bad game this weekend against Southeastern Louisiana 
Only one that's game two, Who? four to two. Exactly. Um, that they, they, they have lost bad games too. Those are two teams that have really underwhelmed me at this point out of the West. The West is not looking good in baseball right now, but they all have – many of those teams have more margin for error than Auburn does because of the respect in the community, the fact that they're ranked right now. They've started in the top ten, many of them. They, they have so much more respect going there for them. Auburn's margin for error is very slim. You've got to win all of these games. You've got to be convincing. You've got to build a cushion for yourself when you get to SEC play when it is going to be it's going to be tough and you are going to lose your fair share. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little more SEC basketball. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins, Noah Gardner with you today on the Monday edition of the show. Just a few more minutes before we'll have Jacob Hillman, AU Jungle president and from Auburn Sports Network and the Weagle 91.1 FM sports director. We'll have him on at 3.30. We've been talking a lot of Auburn basketball today. Of course, they are the SEC regular season champions we just got done talking a little auburn baseball and now they have five games remaining in the non-conference schedule before they open up sec play with a series against Ole miss next week and how they've got to win these games if auburn baseball wants to have a chance to compete in sec play but of course we talked a lot of auburn basketball and how they're the champions and noah your opinion on auburn basketball and their chances of making a run here in the sec tournament of course they're the number one seed they've got three games to win it all what's your confidence level in this team nine i don't mean for that to sound you know i don't mean for that to sound homerish but uh, i do think that this team is confident i think they're playing well uh at least i think they're going to play well i think they're going to put all that stuff in february behind them i'm confident in this team and I think they're going to go out into the SEC tournament and they're going to let it fly. I think they're the best team. Their talent's going to rise them to the top. Now, will they win the whole thing? They're my pick to win the whole thing in the SEC tournament because I think they're the best team in the SEC tournament, but it's still possible that they don't win it. There are other good teams in that top four that have just as much of a shot to win it all. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. We got Terry on the line with us. Terry, what's up, my man? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Doing real well. How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, I'd like to see Auburn do good against a good team. South Carolina's not a very good team. So let's just keep that in mind. And, Jacob, let me, I'm going to have to chastise here for a minute. How old are you? I'm 22, Terry. 22 years old. Okay. Well, that, 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 that saying you said a while ago, hard to beat a team twice, that's the most overblown, overstated statement in the world. That is the biggest crock of crap I've ever heard. I, just, I get sick of people saying that saying because it's just not true. It's not true anymore. I mean, you think about all the times teams would be rematched in the SEC championship game in football. The same team has always won. So, I mean, think about it. Well, I just don't believe it anymore. I don't. That, well, was, that, that did, was more along the lines when I was born in 1966. Well, that didn't happen at this year's college football playoff championship. But, Terry, I do agree with you in that, though. Now, I wouldn't go as far as to say that, that that's overblown. I just think it's – I do think it's overused to a certain degree, right? Like, it's not hard to beat Vanderbilt three times in a row, right? I think it's hard right. to beat some teams three times in a row, right? Like a Kentucky or an Auburn. If, you, if Kentucky and Auburn play ten times, I highly doubt one of them beats each other three times in a row or something like that, right? So I just right. – I, I don't know. I, I agree with you to a degree. I disagree a little bit, but I, I understand what you're saying. Sometimes I roll my eyes at that, too. Well, I mean, I, I think of it along the lines of this, Joe and uh, Noah and Jacob, that, that um, when you say that about a Tower BT, that's like saying rushing for 1,000 yards is good in the NFL. 
that's what they go by. But I just don't think it's that good anymore. Not in the times we live in. What no, is it, 85 that, yards a game? Yeah, and, and that's true, too. But my statement was kind of how Noah was saying it. Yeah, beating Vanderbilt two or three times is not hard. But when Auburn and Kentucky match up in basketball this season, if they were to play four times, I think it'd be, you know, two Might and two. Might be two and two, or somebody I, goes yeah, three and one. I think it'd be two and two. It's hard to beat a good team multiple times in a season and it's been proven not only in basketball football especially if you look back at Auburn Auburn football what 2017 where they played Georgia beat them as the number one team and then they turned around and got smacked in the SEC championship game it's hard to beat a team twice and yes it's overused at times but at the same time it's it's it it has been proven and it's just hard to beat a good team twice that that maybe should be the narrative rather than just it's hard to beat somebody twice now, Kentucky didn't have their guard against Auburn, correct? They'll have him now. So Yeah, they'll have Ty-Ty Washington back. Right. That's it. Um, have you guys, and I don't mean to switch subjects on me, have you talked about the NFL Combine, all? I wonder who Auburn has there and what their times are. I was it was Jacoby McClain was the only Auburn guy there, I think. Um, which, was granted, Smoke Monday there? Uh, I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I don't think I, Smoke Monday is going to have a – he's, he's going to have a path to get drafted. I'm going to be real. <laughs> I think a lot of Auburn's guys in the draft this year are going to – they're, they're going to have a – they're going to have a hard time. Terry, give us some time to go and get some of that information, and then we'll get it back for you. Okay. we got to head to our network break, my man. We appreciate the call. Have a great day. You too, Terry. Yeah, I'm going to go get some of uh, Jacoby McClain's numbers and everything from this past weekend. But, yeah, mo- most Auburn guys that are going to the draft this year, yeah, this ain't going to be one of the most attractive draft classes, I don't think. Yeah, it's going to be a rough path. I'll, Auburn fans don't want to hear it, but a lot of Georgia players had outstanding times and outstanding numbers at the Combine. Uh, this past week we haven't really touched on it a whole lot the combine in my opinion you know it's yes it tells a lot it tells how athletic and how you know athletic somebody is but at the same time it's not a be-all tell-all where you know somebody runs up i just goofed roger mccreary was there how could i forget that and smoke smoke indeed was there as well you see how much i pay attention to the nfl scouting combine because i think it means absolutely zero i mean it just means he's athletic in my opinion who can throw who can run without pads on yeah exactly but um i don't think about it too much so i don't i don't look into it too much it's the same thing with the nba or any other sport like that I don't dive into it too much. I don't know how I forgot about Roger McCurry. Look, Roger McCurry is going to get drafted in the first round. Second round, worst. I th- I, he, he's definitely favored as a first-round draft pick. Jacoby McClain's, you know, best case two, day two, best case. And then Smoke Monday, <laughs> it may be best case day three. I, I don't know. I just I, I don't see those guys being overly successful in the league other than Roger McCurry. Let's take a quick break here. we got 30 minutes left in the show. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins, Noah Gardner with you today on the Monday edition of the show. Just about 30 more minutes left before we get out of here. But first, we've got Jacob Hillman, the AU Jungle president of the Auburn Sports Network and the Weagle 91.1 FM sports director is on the show with us now. Jacob Hillman, welcome in. Hey, thanks. Thank you guys for having me. It's a good way to start the spring break week. Yeah being on the line and getting ready for March Madness. Of course. So are you are you heading down to Tampa this week? Oh, yeah. I'll be headed down tomorrow uh, morning, afternoon-ish, uh, getting down there a little bit early to, to enjoy uh, uh, Tampa and things like that. So you are the AU Jungle president. Of course, we have you on all the time. And Saturday was your last game at 
Neville Arena as a student, as the president of the AU Jungle. You got to see Auburn win the SEC regular season championship on our home floor. Tell us about your experience being the president this season and then that game in, spe- in particular, watching Auburn win it all as the SEC turn- or the SEC regular season champs. Yeah, I- I'll start with just Saturday uh, specifically. and just It was really a special day because Auburn won its first outright SEC championship since 1998 to 1999. That's, that's before probably 95 to 99% of Auburn's student body was even born. That, that, that is a crazy thing to think about. And it was just really cool to see all the students show up, even though uh, they had to delay spring break just a little bit uh, to go see that. But it was as energetic and as fun as Jungle always is. But as far as the overall experience, it was just really cool. And I really enjoyed being a part of the Jungle uh, my entire four years. There were so many. I mean, there were not very many lows because – you don't Auburn doesn't lose very much in Neville Arena or in, in front of the jungle. So we'll say there were a lot of highs and lows. It was a lot of highs. That that was the thing. Is it was just always fun to be a part of it. Whether it was just energetic, just making new friends, whatever it is, it was it was so fun being a part of the jungle. And I'm going to miss it a heck of a lot uh, down the road. Jacob, maybe a favorite memory that you have from being oh, in gosh. Auburn slash Neville Arena over these years, Man, Auburn basketball related. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to say it was this the Alabama game when when the under four timeout hit and you knew that Auburn was gonna win that game. There was really no coming back from Alabama, and then I think uh, I think play started back up and another timeout was called and it was just a party in Auburn and at that point Auburn Arena and it was so much fun. It, it was um, it was an amazing atmosphere. Uh, as far as favorite moment, as far as a play goes, that one I, that's that's a really tough question. But I'd have to think to back to two years ago, that 2020 season, the LSU game that went to overtime. That was some of the craziest I've ever seen. The jungle when when Samir Dowdy was knocking down threes, Javon McCormick, and then Devin Cambridge, Isaac Okoro, Devin Cambridge. Yeah, he made seven threes in that game. I forget about that. And um, and Isaac Okoro had a big dunk, and I, that was probably the game that always sticks out to me when I think of my time at the Jungle. Jacob, looking at this Auburn basketball team, what was your thoughts on the win in Neville Arena on Saturday as the prelude to an SEC tournament run? Yeah, I thought it was just business as usual. You know, you, you came off that Mississippi State game where you played a, a really bad second half, and you come out in overtime, play strong, and then you handle business at home like you have all year. Uh, really cool to get – the first undefeated season in Auburn or Auburn slash Neville Arena ever, and it's it's going to take a lot for me. It's going to take a long time for me to get used to that. By the way, but um, it's just it, it's really cool to see that. But as far as the performance, I thought it was fine. I think that really it was just uh, it was a ho hum performance. There was nothing really special. It was just something that you saw the team. They went out. They played the way they were supposed to, and that's a good thing. You didn't. You didn't see some guy. You didn't see someone go absolutely insane. You didn't see Javari drop thirty points. It was his usual game about his averages. Walker, the rest of the guys did their thing. So I, I was really fine with the performance because I wanted to see everyone kind of come together and do their do their thing after where we were being carried by Javari for a little bit. Well, now that Auburn has wrapped up regular season play in the SEC, they go as the one seed in the SEC tournament down in Tampa this week. Jacob, what are your 
What are your thoughts as Auburn heads into the tournament? And then overall, what's your prediction for the week and the weekend? Well, well, my the interesting thing is Auburn has a chance to play the three teams that the Tigers lost to uh, this regular season. Uh, round the first, the, the quarterfinal, you're going to play Texas A&M or Florida, which you lost to. In the semifinal, the, the favorite that you're going to play would likely be Arkansas, and then of course you'd have Tennessee would have to defeat Kentucky in the semifinals if you're going to play them in the championship. So that's an opportunity for something special. But thoughts going into it overall is that. You really want to get to Sunday. Uh, even if you don't win that game, like if Kentucky is there, it's going to be tough to take down the Wildcats, I think, for the second time this season. And if you get there, if you beat Florida or Texas A&M and then you beat Arkansas or whoever it is that comes out of that, that portion of the bracket, I think, I think you're happy with the week. You've got an SEC regular season championship. Of course you want the tournament championship. But right now you're, you're, you're thinking ahead to what – this team needs to do is that one get healthy because Wendell Green Jr. He, he had an injury in practice. Walker Kessler he's had the shoulder injury as well. So obviously leading up to Friday, that's the big thing is these guys getting healthy. And then from there, it's all about continuing to get back to consistent play versus what we saw over the latter half of, of February, where we were thinking, okay, is this team going to be okay? And, We've talked about it every week since that first Arkansas loss is the guard play. So we hope that that finds its way back to where it was. And if it does that, then this this could be – because here's the thing. You look back to – I don't want to compare this to the Final Four team, but that Final Four team didn't have a good February. Similar to what this team – I wouldn't say the, the February was worse for the Final Four team than this one, but it still wasn't what January was, so – I want to see this team find consistency again and, and make a run in March. Speaking with Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Jungle as well as uh, interning with the Auburn Sports Network, and he's also Weagle 91.1 FM Sports Director. I want you to finish this sentence for me, Jacob. If Auburn wins the SEC tournament, they will have done blank. Uh, I exceeded expectations. I mean, that, that's, it's that simple. I think that well, I think something I've seen on Twitter today there's a lot of people going back to those preseason predictions where nobody's really picked Auburn to finish in the top four of the SEC. That's, that's a big deal for Auburn to come out and take down a Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas team. Not like they didn't do well this season. Those teams are good, but Auburn just played better throughout the season than they did. And I think that's a big deal and really something that speaks to this program and speaks to these players and and everything about it because you really really are excited for these guys that they get this respect and they get these honors these you're also going to be seeing Jamari Smith being named freshman of the year you're going to see Walker Kessler maybe get defensive player of the year you're going to see all these accolades just start rolling in I think Bruce Pearl has a very very high shot at winning some coach of the year awards so it's just going to be really cool that if they go in and they do that, I think they clinch a lot of those awards. So me and Noah had this debate in the car today on the way to lunch, and I want to ask you your opinion. The SEC Player of the Year, it's it's down to two, and it's Oscar <clears throat> Sheboy and Jabari Smith. Who should right. win it and why? Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I'm an Auburn fan. I love Auburn. And I, I, I think that I would say Jabari should win it just because of the way he's He's done his thing. 
this year and really just come in and flash as a freshman. But I do think that Oscar Seaway is going to get it because just look at the numbers. The, the numbers are just so insane that it's not what Jamari's put up because the, the way the Auburn's, Auburn's offense runs, it's not, it's not, it's not going to put up a lot of stats. Whereas Seaway grabbing like 20 rebounds a game almost, that's gonna be that's gonna look more impressive to those that vote than what we know. Not and listen, Oscar Sheway is a heck of a player. I mean, if I if I'm voting on it, at like as unbiased as I can be, it would be tough for me to pick Jabari over Sheway. But watching both of these teams a lot this season, I have to give it to Jabari just because of how he's really carried himself this year. What he doesn't get too low. And I really think – I mean, I think he had one game in the SEC where he didn't get into double-digit points. That's really impressive to me because of the way he plays. I am really, I really think that Smith has been the best player in the SEC this year. Jacob, moving on to the baseball diamond. I know you got to catch a baseball game or two this past weekend against Rhode Island. Uh, thoughts on this Auburn baseball team as you got to see him this past week? Yeah, one, I think uh, something that I saw was a stat about, I think, 25 runs allowed in 13 games is the lowest amount uh, allowed by an Auburn pitching staff since at least 1940. So that's a big number. Now, of course, I don't think that this Rhode Island team, you can't look at this series as a big, flashy win. I mean, I don't think Rhode Island is quite the talent that, uh, like, a Yale, a Yale was. Yale was a good team that Auburn did a good job at winning that series, and unfortunately had to play a doubleheader, which I think kind of just made it not the series you wanted it to be, whereas Rhode Island's not quite as talented. But the thing is, this team handled business the way it was supposed to. It, it didn't give it – there was nothing close about this weekend with Auburn and Rhode Island. Auburn went in, handled business, had two shutouts on Saturday, got a lot of pitchers working, and I'm, I'm just really impressed with that. I really think that the pitchers are finding their groove and – Obviously, you got to get four starters in this weekend, and I really think that the bullpen will work its way through. I was impressed by Carson Skipper a lot. Four innings pitched on Saturday, or Friday night, I believe, and he gave up three hits. That's awesome. I want to see him get back in his groove and really be that bridge uh, between starter and closer, especially on Friday nights where you can only where you only need to use three pitchers. You use your starter Jordan Armstrong, go to Skipper and Blake Burkhalter comes in and closes the game out. And from there, you've got two games with a completely full bullpen. Jacob, this Auburn baseball team, they have five games remaining in non-con play before they open up a weekend series at Plainsman Park against Ole Miss. Is it is it too much to ask for this Auburn baseball team to win all five of those non-conference games before they hit SEC play? I don't think it is. I think this team has a lot of firepower in them where – no matter what kind of game you get into, it's it, it, it's really something that you can you, you can win even if the pitching falters a little bit. And which I think I think that that could happen at some point. And that's not the worst thing in the world. You want to see your offense have to perform if the pitching isn't quite there because you're also going to get into SEC play where these these bats are a lot better. And even if the pitching is pitching well you're not going to really be able to shut out and dominate opponents the way you have been the last few weeks. So I want to see the offense have to be put in a situation that it hasn't been put in so far this year. So to end it right here, let me ask you one more thing and then we'll let you get out of here. 
they've got five games left. You said it's not, you know, it's not too much to ask for this team to win those right. games. And then going into conference play, where does this team stand in your mind right now, taking the non-conference games and then heading into conference play? What are some expectations as they get into conf- early conference play? Yeah, I, I think I think what you look at is relative to the SEC, and, that, and that's tough to do because of how good the SEC is. But that being said, a lot of these SEC teams aren't really performing that well in conference. Mississippi State has like six and six this year. Arkansas has lost some big games, or not big games, but has lost to some unranked non-conference teams. So, as is related to the SEC, I think your expectations on the on the ceiling side is you know upper middle of the pack. So possibly finishing in about seventh or eighth place. And then other than that, just getting in the top ten of the SEC for this season. If you do that, you're making a regional and you're putting yourself in a good position to maybe even make a run at Hoover. So what I expectations-wise is make sure you go in and win the series. You're not looking to sweep anybody. Upset a few teams. Uh, you got Vanderbilt coming to town, uh, an 8A weekend. That's going to be a big weekend where you've got to grab at least one but winning two would be something that would change the whole outlook of the season as it's right in the middle of conference play. Uh, other than that, though, it's going to be series that are winnable that you just need to make sure you win. Jacob, we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Tell everybody where they can keep up with all of your content. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at Jacob Hillman AU and follow the Jungle on social media. We're all going to be in Tampa this week, so there's going to be a lot of content. It's going to be a lot of fun uh, this upcoming weekend even into the NCAA tournament. Jacob, I appreciate it, my man. Hope you're having a good rest of your afternoon. Stay safe out there, bud. Yeah, thank you. Y'all as well. War Eagle. War Eagle to you as well. That was Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Jungle. He's the Auburn Jungle president as well as he's interning with the Auburn Sports Network in addition to being the WGL 91.1 FM Sports Director. We'll take a quick break here and wrap up the show when we come back. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line. Talk a little bit about the SEC tournament bracket. Big thank you to Jeremy Law and Jacob Hillman for joining us throughout the show today. It's been a fun one. If you missed any of it, go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Noah Gardner, Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. And then it'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck following us from 4 to 6 p.m. here on those two stations. Looking at the SEC tournament bracket, We've talked a little bit about potential teams that could go on upset runs. I want to talk a little bit right now about uh, the path to the SEC getting a seventh in the NCAA tournament. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I will go ahead and say that. I don't think it's going to happen just purely because of who they got seated up against. If these teams were not playing each other in the second round, if these teams were not having to go on to play Auburn in the quarterfinals, I think they had a legitimate shot, and they still do because one of these teams did beat Auburn, but I think the two teams, and obviously these are the two teams that are closest on the bubble right now to getting into the field, it's Florida and Texas A&M. Well, unfortunately, the game between Florida and Texas A&M in the second round, that's an elimination game. Whoever loses that, it's over. They're not getting into the dance because right now they're both out of the field if the tournament began today. Both of those teams need at least one more Q1 victory And that may even still not be enough. When you look at the other teams that are around them in the bubble, their Q1 records, the wins that they have against ranked opposition, it still outnumbers Florida and Texas A&M. It's just Florida and A&M are getting some some grace because of the league that they play in, right? And and maybe they should get even more grace than what they're getting because I think the SEC is, is that good of a conference this year, but they're not. 
And so they do have to go and, and, and get their 20th win, first of all. Both of them have 19 wins right now, which would mean whoever wins this game is one step closer, and I think they have to beat Auburn in the quarterfinals to be able to make the dance, and I don't think they're going to beat Auburn. I don't think either of those teams will beat Auburn in the quarterfinals. Um, they, they would have to at least make the semis, and that still may not be enough for them to make the NCAA tournament because if everybody else in front of them on the bubble holds serve throughout the conference tournament – I, look you look at the net rankings you look at their q1 records you look at their resumes con- compared to florida and a&m at this point i don't see how you can say that those teams deserve to be in over so over a team like rutgers well when you look at joe lenardi's bracketology he says there's only four spots up for grabs on the bubble right now there's four spots that's it like he says everything else is locked in maybe not the exact seating but the teams that are in are in and there's only four spots and so for either Florida or Texas A&M, I don't think beating Auburn would be enough to get them into the tournament. I think they would at least have to go and make the SEC tournament championship game, not necessarily win it, but at least get to that point for either team. And you're right, the loser of that first initial game between the Gators and the Aggies, they're out. I mean, that's it. They're playing for their tournament lives in this SEC tournament, but I don't see either one of those things happening. I don't see either one of those teams beating Auburn in the quarterfinals and when you look at it from an SEC standpoint they have six teams in right now in bracketology I don't see them adding another team and making it seven but I don't see them dropping another team and making it five I think the six teams that are in right now whether you agree or not that they should be in or have their seed lines they're in and they're going to have six teams and 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 the two that are questionable is is Bama and LSU right they're in their top six they deserve to be in but they deserve to be in but dude what is like who outside of the sec should take their spots let me do my research i'll come back but i mean because you look at the bubble right now man i would much rather okay virginia would you rather virginia be in over alabama or lsu no would you rather vcu be in over over lsu or alabama no would you rather indiana be in over lsu or alabama don't give me that no they have they have they do not have the same resumes that alabama and lsu have and they have almost the same record what resume does lsu have the fact that they've won 20 games in the toughest conference in college basketball. All of their wins are in non conference They've play. beaten Kentucky. Indiana's 18-12. and 12. What's Indiana done this year? And, and, and I'm an Indiana fan. I like Indiana. I have an Indiana jersey hanging in my closet. I know, but look. Here's but Indiana the hasn't beaten anybody good this year. But LSU hasn't either. They have beaten SEC teams. Here's the point I'm making. The SEC has six teams in, and that's what it's going to be. They're not... No matter if LSU and Alabama both lose their very first game in the SEC tournament, they're not going to drop out of the NCAA tournament. And Florida or Texas A&M, neither one of them are going to make a deep enough run in the SEC tournament to get themselves into the big dance. So the SEC is going to have six teams in. And, you know, I was kind of right-ish. LSU is 16th in the net rankings. Indiana's 43. Alabama's 28. Indiana, once again, 43. You look at Q1 records, Indiana's 3-7. and seven. Bama seven and eight, LSU six and seven, right? I mean, that, look, I know that they've had some bad losses here and there in conference play. LSU has been loved in the net ranking all season long. They Even have. I mean, I don't, I don't, I like the net. It's not everything, but LSU has been loved in the net all season long, and it's because of their defensive numbers. But it's got to be what it is. The reality is, LSU's twenty-one and ten in a really difficult conference they are yeah and alabama's got some really good wins those two teams it's not even a question that they're in the field those are not that like the well, seed know, lines exactly. the question seed i mean they're five and six seeds in the tournament they're not going to drop out it's just the sec is not going to pick up any other teams or drop anymore you're going to see Correct. six on selection sunday and you know looking at other teams on the bubble like byu would you rather byu been over alabama or lsu 
I mean, probably not, no. Let me see what they're at right now. They're 22-10, and 10, fifth in the WCC. WCC's good this year, but better than it typically is, but still yeah. not a good conference, you know what I mean? And then um, backing up back to the bracketology here, Dayton. Would you rather Dayton be in over those two teams? Heck yeah, I love Dayton. Go I Flyers. I forgot you're, for, you're from Ohio. Never mind. <laughs> hey, I'm from the Dayton area, man. All right, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's at 19 and 12 in the mm. terrible ACC. Yeah, probably not. They did the exact same thing. SMU out of an awful American Athletic Conference. Downright awful. Like, worse in recent memory. Rutgers, I th- I'm good with Rutgers being in despite their so-so record. They've beaten great teams. Uh, that's why I'm okay with them being in the field over Indiana. They beat Indiana. They've beaten like four or five ranked teams. Especially late. That's the biggest thing, too, is their wins have been of late. They're 6-5 and five in their Q1 record. Like, when you look at the teams that are in the field right now, their Q1 records deserve to be in. They have beaten good teams. Xavier, Big East squad. I know you love that. Wyoming. They've had a great record this year. They've had a great run. But I just don't see any reason to question the SEC's credentials this year. That's it for another edition of Bond Live. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Same time, same place. You know where to find us.